What's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. Uh, that handle on Twitter, if you're so inclined. You really shouldn't be. Twitter is just the worst right now. Also, at Romancing Nancy. Same reasons. Um, this week's episode, we're back in the files. Yay! So it's 1989. January, as a matter of fact. And this one is called Trouble in Tahiti. This is number 31. Um, This one has an unusual cover, actually. It's like a solid blue background, which makes a lot of sense because Nancy spends a lot of this one underwater. And she's wearing like this cute little white and like aqua striped top with white shorts, which again, interesting choice for the jungle. Um, She's got She's looking pensive, as she does so often on these covers, because she's like, there are villains afoot, and I need to track those shit down. Um, I think that there's, like, a general hot guy in the mid-background. I'm going to call him Jared Leto for this one. And then in the back background is Nancy or someone else wearing scuba gear, looking like they're about to murder someone, which, they're underwater, it's fine. That's what one does in water. You wear scuba gear, and then you hunt people for sport. So that's, that's what happens in Tahiti. We're learning. So a bit of, I'm going to go ahead and give you like the main plot before we get into like the thing. So five years before the novel, novel. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'd say it's a novel. Um, five years before the novel, there was a beautiful star named Lucita Prado, um, who is Natalie Wood. You're going to see why in a second. Natalie Wood is married to Brian Gordon, who is... uh, I'm going to go with Bill Pullman for this one because he's got the right vibe. So Natalie Wood is married to Bill Pullman, and they've been married for, God, I don't know, like maybe 20 years at this point. Anyway, um, she is a hot star. Lucinda is from Peru, which you're like, Nancy's been there. I'm aware. Nancy has no memory of this. She has respawned. So she has all new memories and none of them involve Peru. Um, so she was a, uh, she like, when she was a young adult, like maybe around like 18 or so, she starred in a like kind of low budget movie that made a bunch of money. And so she became an American film star and she got married to Bill Pullman. And then they had a daughter named Brie who is going to be played by Jordana Brewster for this, who is from the faculty. And I do not, I think she's from other shit as well, but that's what I know her from. Anyway, Jordana Brewster from the faculty. Um, so Jordana and everybody were invited to Tahiti, which, okay. So back, like, I think around the time that they met, um, Natalie Wood and Bill Pullman made a movie together called Typhoon. So he's a director and she's an actress. And you're like, I see where this is going. So that's how they met, of course. They met and they fell in love because she was starring in a movie that he was producing, that he was in um, directing. So they had gone to Tahiti. They made a movie called Typhoon. They made like two or like a sequel or two because it made a whole fucking bunch of money. They loved Tahiti. They thought it was fab. So they decided that they were going to like spend a bunch of time there. So they've like... Every time they went on vacation, I think they went to Tahiti. So they had a 40-foot boat. I'm not even going to try to tell you what it was. Like, at one point, Nancy describes it as a tri-sail yacht with motors. I don't fuck. I know so little about boats, so they could have made up everything. Anyway, it's a 40-foot yacht. It's a 40-foot yacht with sails. Anyway, so... They had their boat, um, and they sailed it, apparently, from Japan to Tahiti. Now, 
Tahiti, the closest landmass is actually Australia. But anyway, I mean, sure, that's fine. So they sailed from Japan to Tahiti um, because they had been invited to a house party. The house party is given by Christian Strom, who was going to be played by Sharon Stone. But like, I don't know. Like, Sharon Stone has a strong personality. Like, she looks correct for this role, but she needs to be ditzy. Because, honestly, the person I would have cast is the bitchy future ex-stepmom from The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan version. But that's too much to say. So, I was like, Sharon Stone. It's fine. Like, blonde, blue, cold. Yes, all of those things. So, anyway... Her name is Kristen in the book, but Sharon Stone. So Sharon Stone is throwing a house party in Tahiti, and she's invited Bill Pullman, and she's invited Natalie Wood, and of course, their child is allowed to come along. Also, um, Bill Pullman's executive assistant is named Manda, and she's going to be played by um, Robin Williams, looking like Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know. It just works. It just works. Like, the kind of, like, giving stern secretary, but also got a lot of personality. Anyway, so, Amanda's there. Every Everybody, like, it's, it's just a big old house party. Now, the thing is that Lucinda, Natalie Wood, had a bad relationship with Sharon Stone because, like, Lu- Lucinda, Natalie Wood, had an established career. Like, again, she started off as, like, a young adult. She had a bunch of movies. Like, she was box office gold. And Sharon Stone was, like, a newcomer. Like, she came on, she was Swedish, and she was, like, not as strong a performer. And so, like, in the press, Lucinda, Natalie Wood, made a comment that Sharon Stone was a Swedish meatball, which, like both feels like you saying maybe she's bland as a human being, but also, like, there's no, there does not seem to be any body shaming implication to it, because I was like, are you saying, like, chubby? But, no, like, she's, she's slender, she's never portrayed as anything else, it doesn't seem to be anything like that. Anyway, it just, but it pissed her off, I mean, as it would, so... So, the weird thing is that it's like, why would she invite that bitch to... And it's because, of course, Bill Pullman is a famous director, and so she's trying to, you know, do some shit. So, so they're all there at the the estate, which has a name in Tahitian, and I'm, I'm going to fuck it up. Tahiti is, of course, a territory, basically, of France, French French Polynesia. So, a lot of, there are character names in this that are French, which I'm going to fuck up, Um, because that's how I am. That's how I do. When they went to Japan, when the family went to Japan to pick up their 40-foot yacht sailboat, um, which is named the Southwind. Let's just call it the fucking Southwind from here on out. Um, the Southwind, they needed somebody to basically crew it, but it's small enough that they were able to do most of it. So like, they just needed like a deckhand. I don't, somebody to boss around. I don't, I don't fucking understand how boots work. So they hired Pierre, who's going to be played by Jared Leto in his creepiest roles. Like, just imagine him as, like, I don't know, Morbius, which I think no one saw other than memes. So, just him as that, but, like, maybe, maybe not Flashing Fang? I don't know. Anyway, so Jared Leto, who is, like, skulking around on the deck, doing methody things, hopefully not with condoms, um, is just, you know, there, uh, skulking. So, um, they go to the party, there's now, 
Bill Pullman and Natalie would have a tempestuous relationship. Of course they did because she's Peruvian. So that means that she's got spicy Central American shit going on, which again, all, all bullshit, all fucking bullshit. But anyway, so they had a big fight. Um, and Lucinda, Natalie would basically like stomped off and said, I'm going to sleep on the boat tonight. The argument, I think, like, there there appear to have been, like, at least two arguments during this thing. Brie, who, Jordana Brewster, says that she was there for, like, the beginning of the party, but it was only long enough to, be, like, be polite. And everybody was supposed to stay over at the estate. Like, they didn't have, like, separate hotel rooms or anything like that. So, when she wanted to, when Natalie would wanted to make a grand exit, she had to, like, stomp off and go sleep on the boat. Like, because that was it. It was either you're going to stay there on the estate or you're going to go sleep on the boat. So, um... So, yeah, the the parents had this big fight. This was after, like, Jordana Brewster was no longer at the party, so she has no recollection of this, no memory of this. She just heard about it from other people later. Um, so she stomps off, and this is 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, ev- all the accounts agree that around 2 o'clock in the morning, Natalie Wood gets on a dinghy, a motorized dinghy, and goes out to the south wind. At this point, like, there was a huge storm brewing, like, the seas were rough, and it was, it was bad, and, like, it was just bad conditions. It was not the kind of conditions that you would sail in, like, unless you had a death wish. Oh, God. Um, so, she gets out there to the boat around two o'clock, and around 2.30, a freighter fucking plows into the south wind and destroys it. And Pierre, Jared Leto, manages to get off the boat, but Lucinda, Natalie Wood, does not. And so she's killed in the crash. Everyone says it was a tragic accident. They don't know how it happened. They don't know why she was out there trying to sail. She was an experienced sailor. She was an experienced swimmer. Um, It just doesn't make any sense. And it's like, you know, something clearly happened and she, um, like, maybe she was just, like, rage yachting. I, sure. Um, but they don't know what happened. And the Jared Leto is like, I don't know. She like got on the boat and she went to bed and and you're like, was she drunk? But he, he seems to say like, there was nothing odd or wrong. And then like the freighters crashed into us out of nowhere. Sure. Sure. So, um, so she dies. She dies in that, in that crash. And this was five years ago. Um, fast forward to today. Is that everything that I need to tell you? I think so. So, um, fast forward to today, and Nancy has arrived in Tahiti, and she goes out to the tennis courts at the very estate where this party was held, where she meets Bree, Jordana Brewster, and Kristen, who, again, Sharon Stone, who are playing tennis, but being catty about it because it's 1989. So, Kristen... Sharon Stone is now engaged to Bill Pullman. And you're like, uh-huh. Oh, okay. Okay. I see where this is going. I see uh, uh, I see what's happening here. Brie, Jordan Brewster, fucking hates her. And you're like, of course she fucking does. Of course she. Like, why would she not? Brie at this point is 19 years old and she's a student at UCLA. And you're like, then pourquoi Tahiti? What What is happening there? Brie, um, whose godmother is Alice Faulkner, who, of course, you remember from the case where Nancy and Ned went to Maui and banged on a yacht, um, in my imagination, anyway, um, that's the one where Alice Faulkner's granddaughter was kidnapped and Nancy had to recover her, um, 
she is Bree's godmother, and Bree confided in Alice that she had received these weird letters at UCLA. They were postmarked from Tahiti, and they said, you would be surprised if you knew what I did about your mother's death. Like, that's all they say. They are not typewritten. They are not computer produced. Somebody took a ruler and a pen and formed the letters with the ruler, almost like a stencil. And so Bree, um, Bree's like, I'm going to show you the letters. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that she actually did. So Bree like took Nancy to her room. Now they're staying at the, like the big hotel at that place. Like I think on the, like the top floor, they have like really nice rooms. That's Bree and her dad. Um, Kristen Sharon Stone has her own like estate and everything that they've been out with. So Bree shows Nancy the letters and Nancy's like, um, interesting. And Bree's like, well, you know, what can you tell from these? Because, you know, somebody, Nancy's like, well, they were trying to disguise their handwriting. And, Nancy, and Bree's like, well, that sucks. And Nancy's like, no, this means that you would recognize this person's handwriting, which means it's somebody that you know. And it was postmarked from Tahiti. So it's somebody who's here right now is, is what I'm getting from this. And then Nancy sees movement on the bed and she's like, son of a bitch, stay right there. And Bree's like, what? And Nancy's like, Nancy's like, when I tell you, you need to haul ass. And so she whips the covers back. And there's a fucking black snake in the bed that's heading towards Brie. As a side note, I do not think that this ghostwriter was into snakes, but it's fine. Anyway, so Nancy, like, the the black snake, we have no idea of the species of the snake. Not that I would know, like, I, I know very little about snake. Anyway, the snake, like, coils and you know, threatens Nancy and like fangs and dripping venom and all this shit. And Nancy's like, this is bad. So of course, when the snake like tries to strike her, she like grabs it behind the neck as because she is also Steve Irwin. So maybe she is sporting some khakis in an Australian accent at this point. So she grabs the snake and she also grabs a plastic shoe tree. And I was like, again, 1989. Hello, because I don't think I've seen that shit in a hot minute. I know exactly what they're talking about, though, because we had some. So she, like, manages to capture the snake within the shoe tree. And I was like, this also feels a bit sus. But okay. So Nancy's like, Bree, call the front desk. Get them to send some animal control. And so, yeah, the security comes up there and they manage to take care of the snake. And Nancy's like, thank God. So Manda, played by Robin Williams, um, runs into the room and is like, oh, my God, are you okay? And, like, faints and everything. Just very dramatic. And Nancy's like... Yeah, um, she, sure, she's, she's fine, shh, and, and she's, like, grabbing Brie, and she's like, oh, here, here, baby, it's fine, it's fine, let me, let me caress your hair, and Nancy's like, yeah, getting weird, just, just getting real weird, okay, okay, just calm down, like, Amanda, Rob Williams needs more of, like, smelling salts than anybody else in the room, and she was not even there, so, Nancy goes down to the desk, and she's like, who? Uh, who had the um opportunity to I don't know like maybe turn down the sheets and they're like everyone just fucking everyone and Nancy's like okay that tracks that's fine so Brie has received and they're not threatening and literally all they say is you would be surprised if you knew what I did about your mom's death like that's it there's no hints no clues nothing nothing 
So Nancy's like, okay, that's, that's fucking weird. And so Nancy's like, is there anybody I could talk to about the circumstances of your mom's death? Because, you know, Brie didn't, Brie was not there. Brie on the night of, again, went to bed early when she woke up around like two o'clock, um, because the shutters were slamming against the house because it was like a really bad storm. Um, she called out and nobody was there. Her dad wasn't there, Kristen, like, when she went through the house because she was trying to find where the shutters were, there was no one there. Like, she was absolutely alone at that point. So, everyone, like, as far as Brie is concerned, no one has an alibi, basically, is what we're talking about. Because, um, we'll get to it in a second. Um, so... So Nancy's like, is there anybody out here I could talk to? And Bree says, well, I was friends with um, Teo, who um, I think that he also served on the boat. And he was like basically her bestie when she was in Tahiti. And like she loved him to death. And he had his own little boat and he would take her out fishing and snorkeling and everything. Because Bree is a marine biologist major, which to me feels like the horse girl major of the 1980s. No judgment. It's fine, but it's also like marine biology. When you want to be like the slightly smarter version, no judgment. So, so Bree's like, yeah, um, Teo's really cool. And so she, Nancy's like, well, let's, let's see if we can find him. Because if, you know, if it was postmarked from Tahiti, if he's Tahitian, it makes it maybe, maybe he's. So Bree's like, I've been trying to track that his ass down and I cannot find him. So, um, Nancy's like, okay, well, let's look up like where his boat is. Like maybe that could help. So <coughs> they eventually find where his boat is, but his boat has been fucking scrapped. And Nancy's like, D- so he's, did, did Teo sell you the boat? And they're like, no, it wasn't sold to us through Teo, but it's Teo's boat. And Nancy's like, what the fuck is going on? So she's at the scrapyard, like, trying to track this shit down when, like, uh, one of those things that, like, scoops up metal shit, like, drops a bunch of metal shit on her and the guy that she's talking to. So she has to, like, basically dive to the sand, grab the guy she's talking to, roll them both under, like, a boat hull, and, and then, like, metal is just plummeting to the earth around them as though they've been hit by a small nuclear blast. And Nancy's like, huh. So, when she runs out to see, like, who could have done this, first off, like, it couldn't have been an accident. Like, you had to intentionally have done what they what you did. Second, um, like, the cab is open. Nobody's in there going, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. Third, when she looks down the, at the ground near it, she sees the imprint, the diamond imprint of boat shoes. And so, she's like, okay, well, that's good to know. Um, the fourth thing is that when she looks off, she sees a shit, like, a little boat leaving, like... It seems to be hauling ass. She can't catch up with it. The name of it is not the sous vide, but I'm going to call it the sous vide because A, I cannot remember the name of it, and B, sous vide is close enough. So, the sous vide is leaving, and you're like, Mario Batali did this. Anyway. <coughs> so, Nancy sees, like, the nearby y- yacht dock. I don't know. Anyway, the, the place that somebody would know whose boat that was. And so, she, like, saunters up, and she's like, Hello. She's trying to play it cool. So, that was a hot boat that I saw leaving here. Is is this owner interested in selling? And the guy's like, oh no. He he would not be interested in selling. Nancy's like, what was the name of that boat? And he's like, the sous vide. And she's like, uh-huh. And and who's the name? Just, just so I can float an offer. And he's like, oh, that's Henry Chalmay. And it's like, good to know. 
So, after Nancy has just casually found out that Mario Batali may or may not own the Suvi, um, they keep tracking down Teo, who, again, they have not seen for a while, for a hot minute. Um, so they go to the guy who sold it to the scrap guy, and they were like, hey, so, funny story, who, how'd you get the boat? Because, like, did Teo sell the boat? Do you know anything? And he was like, oh, oh, shit, no, no, I, I bought it from the bank. And they were like, he said, I wanted to restore it, but it was fucked up. And they were like, what, what do you mean he bought it from the bank? And he was like, oh, well, he still had money on it when he died. And Bree's like, what the, he's dead? And dude's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry to tell you that. He, um, there was a shark and yeah, there was, there wasn't much left of him. So Bree, of course, is devastated by this because she was like, he was my bestie. He was my Tahitian bestie. But dude was like, Nancy was like, go sit in the car. It's okay. Um, she's driving a Reno, that kind of car that I'm probably terribly mispronouncing. Anyway, so she's like, go, go sit in the car. Go sit in the car. Shh. Have a juice box. I'll be right back. So she goes to talk to the guy a little bit more and she's like, hey, so like, was there any foul play involved? And the guy's like, um, like it's sharks though. So I don't, we don't know. Like, somebody spotted him, and they went in after him, but they, like, recovered his body, so. Nancy's like, okay, um, is there anybody I could talk to, like, maybe family? And he's like, oh, he's got a sister who lives on blah, blah, And Nancy's like, oh, shit, okay. <clears throat> that sounds great. So, she goes back to Bree, and she's like, hey, so he's got a sister that we could go talk to and see if, because Bree's like, Teo seemed preoccupied, and he, the last time I was out here, and that was four years ago, and he, like, I'd never heard from him again, and, and so she's, you know, she's like, I'd like to know what happened. So Nancy's like, okay, well, let's go see his sister. So the, I think it's the next morning, actually, they go see his sister, and I think maybe that night is the night that Chrissy, Sharon Stone, invites them over to her resort for dinner, and it's, like, super awkward as hell, like, apparently they're supposed to wear not jeans, which Bree's, like, put quote, puts quotation marks around, and, um, Nancy's like, that's chill, I brought a dress, which, there's, like, one point at the beginning of the book where Nancy's looking around, and she's like, I'm in fucking Tahiti, like, it is a very romantic location, although I will say that the ghostwriter at one point refers to it as, quote, jungly, like, Nancy looks over, and she's like, jungly, and I was like, okay, um, mm. and also it's like, the native Tahitian women were quite beautiful, and I'm like, <clears throat> again, you're, you're doing weird colonial shit, so maybe, maybe, you know, pull back a notch, so, um, they decide that they're gonna go over and see Teo's sister, and this is after the dinner party, which was, like, just awkward, like, Brie clearly fucking hates Chrissy, Sharon Stone, and like, just, and Nancy's like, if, because they're engaged, like, Chrissy and Brian, or Sharon Stone and Bill Pullman are engaged, and you're like, this is a bad pairing, and that's correct, so, like, Nancy meets him that night, Nancy meets Bill Pullman, who was doing his best Casper, Bill Pullman and Casper impression, and Nancy's like, he seems, like, kind of reserved, but, I mean, he's cute, he's, he's getting older, kind of, but seems kind of reserved, he's also there with Rupert, and I cannot remember his last name, so from now on, he's Rupert Murdoch, um, Nancy describes him as looking like that fat dude in the Maltese Falcon, which I was like, interesting, which I think that, like, literally, he's called the fat man in that movie, so I was like, okay, but he also has beady eyes, and you're like, okay, so villain, like, that's what you're telling me, you have long experience of this, beady eyes equals villain, so, but, like, also, 
unkempt clothes and also beady eyes means you got no fucking chance. So, he's like, hey, um, and he wants Bree to, he's like, Bree, you need to come star in movies for me. And Bree's like, fuck no, I ain't. So, just get that out of your head. He's like, but you're so gorgeous. You look like a mom. Um, Rupert Murdoch, that's not as, it is now. That's his name now. Um, Rupert Murdoch is a movie producer. So, he finances movies. He's, that's his engagement with films. So, he's over because I think that he's working on a film with Sharon Stone and Bill Pullman. But, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, Nancy doesn't like, she's like, I don't like him, but he's like Hollywood slick, like just trying to sell shit all the time. So, and it's like, Bill Pullman is actually like, can you just, I don't like to talk shop over dinner. And he's like, bitch, if I felt that way, then I'd still be like a used car salesman in Cleveland or whatever the fuck he says. And Nancy's like, legit. Nancy comes wearing, like, a peach evening gown, which is interesting because you're, like, in, we would call it a nude evening gown, and maybe with some sequins, and maybe make it sparkly, but anyway, like, Nancy's, like, clearly Chrissy disapproves of my outfit, and I was, like, in that it's not as formal as she wanted, or that you look hot, or just, just, she just fucking hates everything because you're friends with Brie, and she's got a bad relationship with her future stepdaughter, like, mm. anyway, they have, like, an awkward conversation, and Brie, like, basically snaps at Chrissy, and Chrissy's like, Brian, aren't you gonna do anything about this? And he's like, oh, and, yeah, because Nancy asks a couple questions about the death, and he's like, I don't want to talk about that, and none of us are talking about that, and he seems uncomfortable in a way that Nancy's like, is he possibly responsible for what's going on? Because, again, at this point, they don't know of any foul play. But Nancy's just trying to fill everybody out. Because, again, somebody's been sending those fucking messages. So, there's some sort of shit going on. So, um, yeah. Awkward. Awkward shit. They go to the, see the sister the next morning. And she's like, she's like, who are you? Like, she's wearing traditional clothes. And she also has a flower in her hair. But she's also doing some light gardening slash farming. And I was like, does one wear a flower in one's hair when one is lightly gardening? I... I would not, but that's me. So she meets Bree and she's like, oh, you know, we haven't met before. And Bree's like, I'm, I'm Bree and I was friends with Teo. And she's like, oh my God, yes. And like, bring it in for a hug. And she takes her inside the house and she's like, I've got a box for you. And Bree's like, Teo left a fucking box at his sister's house like a week before he died. And he was like, if I don't come back and get this, you do not tell anybody you have it and give it to Bree. And that's it. That is it. And she was like, he said you'd come. And Bree was like, Ah! so and nancy's there for this so and nancy takes over for most of it because brie is clearly like freaked out brie is like i'm here for dolphins and i'm not here for mysteries so nancy so nancy opens the box and inside she finds a note from Teo that says if you're reading this then i'm dead <laughs> which again and he's like this is proof that there was foul play involved in your mother's death there are two items in the box other than the note one of them is the boat anchor which i was like it's a boat anchor. How is this not a huge box that's really heavy? But what do I know about yachts? Um, the other thing is the chain that holds the anchor. One end is still, like, connected to the anchor, but the other has clearly somebody, like, used a hack. Someone hacked through the actual link. And so Nancy's like, oh, somebody fucking cut the anchor. And she wasn't intentionally sailing out that night. She did not mean, she meant to go to sleep. Like, that was it. And so, this is foul play. Like, that's how that happened. This is foul play. So, now they have evidence. And Nancy's like, son of a bitch. Um, I don't think... I think that, like... 
it's, they're like maybe having a, I don't know. There, there's a few different places where this fucking happens. Like there's one time where like they, she, Nancy's talking to Brie. I think that they're actually like hiking up to, to get to somewhere like around the same time. Nancy is wearing her short, her like white shorts at this point. And I was like, again, white shorts do not feel like the ideal choice for hiking. And she's like, I'm going to ignore all these insects. And I was like, bitch, you're going to get malaria or any sort of thing like some some sort of bad thing is gonna happen to you anyway but they're like walking and all of a sudden nancy sees like a flash and she's like son of a bitch get down and so she like tackles brie to the ground and somebody fucking uses a spear gun and fucking like launches one at them they're trying to hit brie they like nancy gets grazed and so she bleeds a little bit Bree's like, oh, son of a bitch, we gotta, we gotta banish that shit up right now. We're in the jungle, and there are germs. And so, like, they banish it up, and Nancy's like, I know all about spear guns, thanks to my San Diego mystery, Sisters in Crime. And I was like, you know a girl, cross-promote. Um, so yeah, so somebody came after them with a spear gun, so that's not great. That would, that's not working out the way anybody wants. Um, the thing is that... Nancy actually finds, like, the shaft of the spear gun. She also finds footprints near where the person was apparently hiding out waiting. And it's the boat shoes. It's the same boat shoes that she spotted before. And she's like, all right, so a series of attacks. She takes this shit back to the hotel and, like, turns it over to the desk clerk. Because she needs to take it to the cops. But apparently the cops only... The cops are working their summer hours, I guess. And so they're like, we are working remotely Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But if you return on a Thursday... Anyway, so Nancy's like, okay, so I'm just going to, like, get a claim slip with the desk clerk. And that morning, like, apparently Bree had, like, over breakfast or something, she'd been like, yeah, their mother was murdered. And anyway, so um, immediately after, Nancy asks about all of her suspects. And every single one of them left, like, almost immediately. And so any of them could have been responsible for the whole spear gun attack. And so Nancy's like, that's, that's fucking great. I, I love it. I love it when a plan comes together. So she's, um, yeah, she leaves this stuff with the desk clerk. I was like, this feels like the least secure hotel that I've ever heard of. So I'm like, when she comes back with the claim check, they're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. A robot came and checked that shit out and it's gone now. But, no, she goes back the next morning and actually gets it. Which, I was like, that's, you know, that's the only thing that's broken in your favor, really. Um, she takes it to the cops. And the cops are like, uh, there was a thorough investigation at the time of the death. Um, so, and Nancy's like, this is clearly signs that there were, there, foul play. And they're like, uh-huh, how old are you? And Nancy's like, 18. And they're like, uh-huh, go home. And Nancy's like, can I at least see the inquest file? Um, I'm just, just you know, I'm just asking questions in a, the, in an, an opposite of Tucker Carlson way. So they're like, sure, you can go look at the file, little girl. And Nancy's like, I've worked. And then she's like, never mind. Like, I've seen this before. I'm, I'm not going to get through to you. You just are going to see me as a toddler. So it's fine. So they, she looks through the inquest file. She finds names of everybody who like served as witnesses at the trial. Um, I get, or the inquest. Um, everyone who like testified about what was going on. So she writes down their names and then she goes, and apparently like the maritime board keeps track of the addresses of everybody who has a boat on the Island. And there's a bunch of people who have boats. So she's able to find addresses for some of the people who were involved at the time. So, um, so she decides to go 
interview everybody that she can find about it. She also has not yet tracked down the guy who was the deckhand at the time, the only one who was there on the boat at the time that the incident occurred. So she's like, I'm going to have to track that shit down. So, um, I can't, she, she goes to talk to one dude and he's British and he's like, okay, so the night of, like, it was really choppy and I got a little seasick and I was like, what were you... I don't know. I, I get monstrously seasick. So if like the boat was on a little bit choppy waters, I'd be like, okay, so God wants me to lay down on the sand. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to lay down on the sand and just pray for sharks to stay away. But anyway, he was on his boat. He was like two o'clock. I saw the dinghy going out and he was like, I, I thought it was weird because she's a good sailor and I didn't understand why the fuck she'd be going out to the boat at two o'clock in the morning. And it was a choppy night. But it was fine. And then he saw the, the ferry going by with a green light. And I was like, and suddenly a great Gatsby happened. Um, so he saw that happening. And he, like, everything seemed fine. He found out about, I think he found out about the crash the next day. Like, he didn't witness it or anything. And it just, you know. He did witness there was a dark-haired woman who was pacing back and forth on the beach who seemed to be looking for something that she didn't find, and then she went away, and it was around the same time, but he, he doesn't know who that was. She was wearing a trench coat. Nancy's like, thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, she talks to somebody else who gives similar testimony, but she also, like, doesn't know a lot about the circumstances of the night in question because, of course, Bree didn't witness it. And Brian, Bill Pullman, is not interested in Nancy, um, digging anything up about that night and Nancy's like why unless maybe you and your new girl were kind of banging at the time Nancy does not say this it's kind of like heavily implied because there's one night when Brian has a fight with Brie and he's like I'm gonna stay at Chrissy's house and I was like oh oh okay um but yeah so um let me think like, Nancy gets attacked a bunch of fuck times in this. Um, and Brie is almost always only attacked when she's with Nancy. So there's that. Um, Nancy goes to, she talks to somebody, like somebody who's involved with boats. And she's like, I'm looking for, um, Pierre, the, the Jared Leto. I'm looking for him. Um, because I'm, I just want to find out what he said on that night. And they were like, oh, well, um, I don't know where he is right now. Like, he might not be around. But if anybody knows, it's going to be at Café Chat Noir. And I was like, oh, I know those words. I know very little French, but I know those words. So he's at the Black Cat Café. Um, they were like, ask ask about him there. They should probably know. Like, he, he hangs around with some rough people. And the guy who told her this was actually, like, a nice guy, he was like, I don't, it's a rough part of town, though. Nancy was like, I'll be fine, because she has an overinflated sense of the fact that she can't die, although you could argue that she knows exactly that she's not going to die, so, because she's immortal. Um, so, she goes to the Black Cafe, Cafe, and when she walks in, she's like, this place is a dive, like, holy shit, they've got a little stage out in the back of it, and I was like, first tripping, um, but it looks kind of like, mm, decrepit. So, when she walks in, the guy, the maitre d', she refers to him as a maitre d', and I was like, is it that kind of place, though? Is it? Um, he's like, what's she here for? And she's like, I'm looking for Jared Leto. And they're like, no, no, absolutely not. No. So, she goes up to two guys who are sitting at a table just looking like they're about to start some shit. One of them is wearing a beret because he wants to establish he is French. And he's like, what's she here for? And Nancy's like, I'm here about... Jared Leto, I don't know if you've heard of him, vampire, looking kind of emo, 
And one of them is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And the uh, beret breaks a fucking bottle and, like, jams it up towards Nancy's throat. And Nancy, like, immediately breaks out some karate chopping and, like, schools their asses. And it's nice. Like, she, like, basically, like, grabs one by the wrist and, like, bends it until he's like, ah. And she's like, that's right, little bitch. That's right. So... Um, the Mater D smashes a button at the front and is like, police raid! And Nancy's like, the police are here? But they think that she's the police. I was like, I love it. The toddlers. It's toddler day at the police camp. And so they're letting Nancy just, just be the cop. Um, so they're like, all of a sudden, a lot of people, the, a, a door opens and everybody dashes out the back and it's a casino in the back. Like, that's how they're making their money. They look super sketch as hell and that's how they're making their money because they're just, you know, doing a casino in the back. And Nancy was like, holy shit. And Chrissy runs out. She's wearing an evening gown. I was like, it's midday. And she's like, I need to look classy while I'm gambling. And I was like, maybe she does. I don't, maybe that's part of her kink. I don't know. Anyway. So she runs out and they, they think that she's, uh, they call her, um, I can't pronounce it, but Nancy's like, oh, that's adorable. They think that I'm the French FBI. I love that Nancy's just like, I'm going to allow this. I'm going to allow people to just believe that I'm the French FBI. This plays perfectly into my plans. Perfect. 10 out of 10, no notes. So, um, so they do admit that like, I think that he says, like, oh, well, like, he's around, but I don't... And she also mentions Henry Chalmay, and they're like, oh, he knows your brother or some shit. Anyway, it's, it's just all bullshit. Um, anyway, what is the fucking other... There's another thing that I needed to mention to you that I do not remember what the fuck it was that was related to all this. Like, that Nancy has a piece of information that she doesn't have later. What the fuck was it? Damn it. Anyway, it'll come back to me. We're gonna put a pin in it. It'll come back. So... Um, after that, she's like, oh, that's what it was. The police station, when she went by and they were like, you are a tiny toddler. Please go home. Um, when she's walking out after she's looked through the massive file of, like, to be fair, the Tahitian police, which apparently a, a native Tahitian is actually the police chief. And I was like, I'm, I'm liking that you're actually, like, not being so shitty about all this. Um, the Tahitian police chief is like, is talking to somebody else and he's like, yeah, we've got to find these computer parts. Now... I want you to remember that this is 1989 and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So they're like, yes, there are some system cards that are being, they're prototype system cards from Japan and they're magical. Like they're just, they're, they're using a bunch of computer words. I think I was like, this is adorable and like not super accurate, but I love that you're trying it. I love it. So anyway, a bunch of like prototype computer chips or cards have gone missing from Japan and they're pretty sure that they're being smuggled through Tahiti somehow but they haven't figured out exactly what the fuck's going on with that and so Nancy's aware of that the smuggling operation and she's like this is why they don't really care so much about this five-year-old not really murder investigation is because you know they've got they've got some stolen computer parts to find so it's okay I'll just stay out of their way it's fine so when we last left Nancy, she had decided that it was not going to bite her in the ass to be a suspected FBI agent, which I love the hubris. It's adorable. Um, so gradually Nancy finds out everybody's lack of alibi for the night. So Brian, Bill Pullman admits that Chrissy, Sharon Stone, admitted to him that she has a gambling problem and on the night of the party. 
at this point, he's like, we were just friends. And I was like, fuck no, you weren't. Anyway, Nancy also talks to, I can't, somebody who knows the couple pretty well, probably like the British guy. I think it was the British guy. She was like, so like, were they having marital troubles? Like, would it have made, she doesn't say, would it have made sense for Brian, Bill Pullman to like, want to get rid of his wife? Like, maybe he had a thing going with Chrissy and he just wanted to get his wife out of the way. And what the British guy says is, like, she was fiery, because, you know, of course, she's from Peru. Um, But there was no hint that she would have, she might have talked divorce, but she wouldn't have actually done so. The other thing is that she wanted to retire. She wanted to stop making movies. She was pretty much done with it. So, like, she was still extremely popular, but she was like, I've, I've had enough of this. Because the British guy says that she was, like, really, like outspoken in her life, but she was very traditional when it came to marriage. And so like, whenever she was at on Tahiti, she was like, I am Mrs. Gordon and that's it. And like, like I'm a perfect wife and mother and all this stuff other than of course, like arguing with her husband 24 seven. So yeah. Anyway, so it wasn't that it wasn't like, I'm going to divorce you. And then he killed her to like get her money or not to go through a divorce or whatever the fuck. That doesn't seem to be the motive. So Nancy finds out from Brian when he's, he's confronted over this. The first thing she actually finds out when she's talking to Rupert Murdoch is that he made a bunch of, he made a shit ton of money off her death. And Nancy's, oh, I think that actually the British guy was involved in this. I think he, he was like an insurance, he was involved in insurance. And so he wrote up the policy. The policy said that Lucinda, um, Natalie Wood had agreed to star in a movie that was going to be produced by Rupert Murdoch. And if anything happened to her that made her not able to do the movie, that he would get $3 million. Nancy was like, that sounds deeply sus. Like what the, what? Like it was like a memorandum of understanding almost. It was like a, we haven't actually signed anything, but my understanding is that she's going to do this. And I was like, that's super sketch. Um, but he was like, apparently this is a thing. Like, they didn't question it. The people who, like, handled the policy didn't question it because they were like, hey, she's a healthy 42-year-old woman. There is no reason to expect that this would not happen. So, this is, like, easy money for us. He had to, Rupert Murdoch had to pay, like, 60 grand or whatever to institute the policy. So, he, like, Nancy's like, okay, so if he, if Rupert Murdoch found out that she was going to retire and she didn't have the intent to make the movie, then it would be possible that maybe he would kill her to collect the $3 million. So, Nancy does actually, like, casually mention this to him at some point. It may be near the end of the book. I can't remember. But he says, Nancy's like, so would it have been in your best interest to, you know, kill her at this point? He's like, fuck no. I would have made a shit ton more money if she'd lived. So, no, not so much. The other thing that Nancy finds out, and this is after, like, so the the whole like anchor chain thing when she took it to the cops and she was like can you get this analyzed and he was like i'll get right on it muppet babies so he's he has no fucking intent of getting on anything nancy's like you're kind of cute but you're a dipshit so um he after nancy actually like nancy goes through some shit which we're gonna get to and at that point he actually has the shit analyzed so um, because he, again, Muppet Babies, and also, like, he's, he's got smugglers to deal with, you, you know, you dipshits, so, anyway, 
Nancy's trying to find out about like alibis and motives. So she was like, maybe the husband wanted to kill her to avoid the divorce thing, but that doesn't seem to be the thing. Maybe Chrissy got, you know, saw that she might have an in with Brian and Brian's like, no, no, we weren't even dating. And I was like, again, sus, but it's fine. So Rupert Murdoch, hmm. Because Nancy's like, it had to have been somebody at the party because somebody, no one would have known that she was going to go out to the boat that night except for the person who killed her. So, like, whoever cut the chain, like, knew that she was out there that night. It's not, it, and she was the intended victim. Like, you know, nothing else makes sense. So, she's like, it has to be somebody at the party. It had to be somebody who was on Tahiti that night. So, um, after Nancy has her encounter with the um, dipshits at the Black Cat Cafe. Um, let me think. Like, she keeps getting attacked by people. That's, like, the main thing that happens. There's another time when she's with Bree and they're having, like, a picnic lunch and she, another spear gun attack. And it's just, like, again, spear guns. The spear guns are everywhere on this island, apparently. Just, just, it's, the place is just teeming with spear guns at any given point. So, um, let me think. Brie has it out with her dad. She's like, I can't believe that you don't want... Because her dad is like, goes to Nancy and he's like, you have been asking questions. You have been upsetting people. I do not want anybody poking into my wife's death. So get the fuck out, basically. And Brie comes in and is like, Nancy's here because I asked her here. Because she hasn't told anybody else about the notes that she's been getting. So she admits all that. And her dad still, like, is really reluctant to talk about whatever happened that night and Bree gets really really mad at him and so he finally says like I want her to be mad at me for the right reasons like I want to be honest with her so he admits that he was talking to Chrissy that night Sharon Stone who was like I'm I'm in deep on gambling and Rupert Murdoch which again seems fitting given what he does is like I bought your gambling debts so you're going to star in movies for me. And I was like, dirty movies? Because that's the vibe I'm getting. But again, this is a Nancy Drew book, so there can't be any of that. But it was mostly like, I own you now. Like, I get a piece of um, the next five movies you make or whatever the fuck. So Brian, Bill Pullman, finds out about all this. And he's like, no, she is a poor, sweet, innocent girl. And so they they negotiate a contract where he doesn't hold the gambling debts over her head. Like, he agrees that he's going to basically write them off. But Brian had to make a movie with Rupert Murdoch. And it had to star Lucinda. They made this agreement that night. The the night that Lucinda ultimately died. But the agreement is still in place. Like, they've basically said, okay, well, she's dead now. But, you know. But, again, it means that it that is the understanding. That's why the insurance policy and all this. And I was like, again, this seems like a very quick timeline because they were like, we were making this agreement at the time. Anyway, so it feels like the insurance thing had to have come first, which means it was for a different, anyway, like Rupert Murdoch has his fingers in everything, both in nasty ways and other nasty ways. So, um, anyway, so that's what they were doing. Like, Chrissy and Brian were doing that that night. They were talking to Rupert. They were hammering out the details of this deal that they were making with Rupert Murdoch. And so Nancy's like, okay, so all three of them alibi each other. So the cop, who at this point is like, okay, so I believe you because you've been attacked several thousand times, um, goes to them and he's like, okay, so because he had the thing analyzed, he was like, yeah, you, yep, that's, that was clearly cut. So he has to talk to them and again, Teo's death and which he's unconvinced was murder, but, you know, sharks. But anyway, so 
Um, Brian says, okay, well, I've got the, the, basically the memorandum of, of understanding. And so he, like, he goes to his, his executive assistant, Amanda, and he's like, Amanda, I need that. And she's in the other room fucking about to burn that shit. Like, Robin Williams ain't fucking around, y'all. He's about to set fire to some stuff. So they walk in, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, I'm doing this to save you. And he's like, this is the only thing that can fucking clear my name from my wife's death. What the fuck? So, and he's like, you're fired. Which Nancy has to run over and like snatch it out of her hands and like stomp it out on the ground. Like be super extra about everything. Everyone is, everyone is like a little bit high during this entire book and is fucking extra. Cause it ain't pot. They're just doing lines of coke. So, like, Amanda's like, oh, my God, and, like, breaks down sobbing, and Nancy's like, honey, honey, were you, were you the one on the beach that night? And she's like, yeah, I was, bitch. So, Amanda saw the argument and was like, finally, my chance. And then she saw Brian and Chrissy in the garden, Bill Pullman and Sharon Stone, and she was like, he should be with me. He should be getting comfort with me. And so, she got real mad and decided to go out to tell Natalie Wood that her husband was, like, making out with a starlet in the garden which may or may not have been true because amanda's extra as hell and like when she went out there she couldn't find a dinghy to row out there and she was like well i don't want to i don't want to fuck up brian's life because i love him like y'all are just all this she hates anybody who's with bill pullman she hates them she hates them so she's like she's upset at chrissy because she's like he should be with me and she was upset at lucinda and nancy's like okay so you had motive but not means because at that point she was already out of the boat and she was spotted on the beach at the time that it would have happened so it it appears that she was not responsible for this she was responsible for the notes though um she was the one who sent the notes to um to brie she was she had to trace out her handwriting because brie would have recognized her handwriting but she was like I'm the one who said there was something weird with your mom's death because she wanted Brie to come out there and fuck up her, Brian's relationship with Chrissy. Like, that's what she was like. Yes, I will get her involved and it will be great. And then we will get married and it'll be fine. So anyway, that's Robin Williams is mess for this one. And Nancy's like, okay, so you're like a little unhinged, but I mean, I get it. Bill Pullman, he's a catch. Hey, look at him. He's just so cute. So anyway, so all that's going on. And Nancy's talking to Brie later and she's like, honey, you gotta, you gotta accept it. Like he's gonna, he's gonna marry and bang that girl who's barely older than us. Like we, we gotta live with it. It's real bad. Anyway, so there's that. Um, Nancy finally tracks down dipshit Jared Leto, um, who I can't remember where the fuck she tracks his ass down. Like, I think that she actually finds him on a boat. I don't know, but she's out there with Brie, and she's like, hey, I've got some questions about that night, and he's like, I ain't answering shit from you, and, like, basically, like, pulls out a spear gun, because everybody on this fucking island has a fucking spear gun, and Nancy's like, okay, can you, like, Jared, Jared, I know that you are method, can you please not threaten me with a spear, I'm just saying, can you please not threaten me with a fucking spear gun, can, can you just put the fucking thing down, anyway, so he's like, what do you want to talk about? And so Nancy's like, tell me what happened that night. He says he was on the boat. Um, Lucinda showed up unexpectedly. She was really upset. She went to bed. He went to the galley to have a snack on his way back to bed. Um, everything seemed normal. And then all of a sudden the boat crashed into them and he barely had time to basically put on a life jacket before like the boat was just in pieces. And Nancy's like, 
Well, Lonnie says agrees with what everybody else said. So, okay. Okay. The only other weird thing that I'm going to mention at this point, this Chekhov's gun, is that Rupert Murdoch was so impressed with the Southwinds that he had a duplicate boat made. The name is different, and I don't fucking care what it is. It's Southwinds 2, the brief Southwindsening. So, anyway, Nancy's like, okay. So, they're talking to Jared, and Nancy's like, I don't, I don't know about him. How did, how did y'all meet? And apparently it's because the Southwind was taking off from Japan and he was in Japan and like, it, it just made sense. He, you know, was looking for work and there you go. Nancy's like, okay, everything checks out. She goes through and she's trying to figure out what the fuck was going on and she can't. Like, it just doesn't, it's not all adding up. Like, that nobody's saying that they attacked her, all the attacks on Bree and Nancy seem to be not related to the main suspects, and anyway, Nancy spots the sous vide, not its real name, I don't fucking care, um, so she spots it, like, actually somewhere that it seems to be unoccupied, so she gets real, real excited, and runs out there, gets on it, and is looking around, and she finds a bunch of computer parts, yeah, and she's like, fuck yeah, I found the smugglers, but one of them gets on board and then, like, smashes, just completely ducks her. Like, sneaks up behind her and just punches her out. So, she wakes up and she is tied to a chair. This happens so many times. And she's at the Black Hat Cafe again. And she opens her eyes and it's Beret and his friend, Black Beret. And they're like, hey, girl, hey, I see that you are coming too, little Miss FBI. And Nancy's like, shit, how could this have backflip, gone back on me? Son of a bitch. Um, so they're like, yeah, we, we need to kill you, but we didn't want to kill you near the boat for plot reasons. And I was like, I mean, it does kind of make sense that they wouldn't want to kill a woman they think is an FBI agent near the boat that they're using for smuggling. I mean, I, I do get that logic. I do. So they are taking, oh, there is one point in this where Nancy has a traditional Tahitian meal and she like describes it. One of the components is breadfruit. And so the two smugglers are taking breadfruit and inserting computer cards is the description sounds like is computer cards into the fucking breadfruit. And I was like, okay, um, are, are they wrapped in, are they like shrink wrapped in plastic or tell me more about this? Cause it feels like you're doing everything wrong. Anyway, they're inserting the computer parts into breadfruit so that they can smuggle them into another country. Like that's, that's the whole end game. Um, they have to go out to their boat and then they're going to come back and, and get Nancy and they're going to dump her in the ocean where there's sharks. Um, you know, they're just going to take her out with them. So they leave her tied to the chair. Um, a performance is about to happen on stage. And so Nancy sees that the big heavy ropes that hold the curtain are about to go up and they are like metal related. Anyway, so Nancy manages to shuffle her little chair clad ass over there and gets her ropes up against the, the rope that is going to take the curtain up. And so it manages to break through her rope so that she can get out. But, um, when she tries to sneak out, I think that she, I, I don't think she goes to the Mater D. I don't think she does, but she does at, because she sees Rupert when she manages to get through, she does see Rupert paying him off. And he's like, yes, our, our relationship has been very, very beneficial for both of us. And Nancy's like, okay, so, mm, okay, okay. Um, but then the two guys come back and the dishwasher spots Nancy. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And uh, like, they pursue her and Nancy runs into the casino part, bars the door. They manage to get in. She has to like distract them by throwing some dice 
uh, the same way that she came from. Like, it's the, the room where they were holding her captive anyway, and there was no way out of that room. And so she's like, son of a bitch. So she distracts them long enough to get out through the main part of the restaurant. She gets... She gets the maitre d' and she makes him call the cops. And so the cop gets the the captain, gets everybody in custody at that point. Um, but, like, Nancy asks about the whole Henry Charmont thing. And he's like, no, there is no Henry Char- Like, no, that's... That name, that's an assumed name. It's got to be an assumed name. So somebody else owns that boat. Nancy's like, okay, okay. So somebody else is, like, the brains behind this. Because it's not beret and lack of beret. So... Um, Nancy goes to talk to Bree, and Bree's upset, and Nancy's like, okay, well, I'm gonna, like, I'll be waiting at the car for you. Like, Bree just wants to be alone for a while to process everything that's going on, and Nancy goes at the beach, and she stops at, like, this little shop to get a cold drink, and she sees the sous vide again, and when she goes, I think that's what happens. I think that, yeah, so she goes over there to see it, and, like, there's no one on it, but she figures out that, no, no, no! This is around the same time that the cops actually go to, to confront Rupert because Rupert Murdoch, because Nancy was like, Rupert Murdoch, like, I saw him paying off the guy who was running the casino, so I feel like he's involved somehow. So they go there, and Nancy's like, and also the smugglers. So the the cop takes Nancy and I think also Bree there, and they're talking to Rupert Murdoch. Mm, no, Bree's not there. I'm sorry. It's just the cop and, and Nancy. Um, Rupert Murdoch, when Nancy's like, so why are we paying off the maitre d' of the casino? Like, picks up a spear gun, because again, they're everywhere, and just like jabs it at Nancy's neck and is like, okay, I'm going to kill you first, and then I'm going to put the cop in handcuffs, and Nancy's like, what the fuck are you doing? And the cop like, like kicks his shins or some shit, and so the, they like manage to overpower him, and Nancy's like, what the fuck are you doing? So he admits that he was paying off the casino guy, because again, if there's anybody on the island, because Chrissy's there and inviting people, who's got gambling debts and he can basically use them against him so it was kind of kind of blackmaily kind of extortiony anyway so yeah they uh the cop picks up rupert murdoch and takes him off nancy's looking around the boat and she's like this is an exact copy of the boat so she goes down to the galley and she looks around and she's like shit there's no windows in the galley there is no way that he looked outside and saw the ferry because there's no fucking windows in the galley the entire time she's been like well everything that he says agrees with what everybody else says so it has to be correct and I was like bull fucking shit he was the only one and if he talked to anybody else that night they would have been like oh yeah it was around the time that the ferry went through the ferry goes through all the fucking time like this anyway she's like holy shit the story that he told can't be true because you can't see out of the galley and I was like hmm again so she figures out that he's the one behind the smuggling because again Japanese computer parts they picked him up in Japan he's a boat person boat shoes like Nancy's like everything's coming together so she like calls I don't remember what the fuck exactly but like she calls up to see if um to see what Bree's doing like to tell her that like Jared Leto is behind all this and when she calls like Chrissy's like oh well Jared Leto just came and got Bree and said that you had sent for her and Nancy's like son of a bitch no shit call the cops so, he's bringing her out to the sous vide. So, Nancy finds the sous vide, sneaks on board, sees a breeze out there. And he's like, I am gonna take you. And Bree's like, looking off. And so, Jared Leto picks up a, a length of rope and is like, yes. And Nancy's like, you son of a bitch! And, like, karate chops his ass. But he's got a gun. So, that ends things pretty quickly. 
Jared Leto's master plan, because he's, you know, a vampire and also terrible, um, is that he's going to get Brie to put on a wetsuit. And I was like, I love that everything is super fucking complicated for these people. He's like, okay, so you two were going on a dive and you were wearing a wetsuit and Nancy was there with you and there was a shark attack. And I was like, that's, that's always your end game, isn't it? Shark attack, which again, is probably going to get rid of evidence. So um, Bree puts on the wetsuit and everything and Nancy, like he only has the one. So Nancy has to wear flippers. And I was also like, I don't feel like wetsuits are one size fits all, but I don't know. Anyway. Oh shit. There's actually another part of the book where they go diving to see if they can find any evidence in like where Teo was diving and where the ship went down and like, they don't find anything, but that's another time that they were attacked with a spear gun. So there's, that's fun. Anyway. So both Nancy and Brie have experienced diving is where, where that's going. Um, <coughs> marine biology. So, um, Nancy looks at Brie and she's like, okay, okay, this is our chance. And so she, um, like manages to like kick Jared Leto or something anyway. So they dive off the boat and it's like, okay, all we have to do is wait for like, we, we need to get the safety basically, but it's really hard for them to do that because of where they are. And also Pierre like recovers pretty quickly and comes after them. Jared Leto. So like he has another diving setup though. So I was like, he, I don't, I don't fucking, I don't, I don't know. It's Jared fucking Leto. Why am I even pretending that he's going to do anything reasonable? So um, he follows them and Nancy's like, okay, let's go over here to this like World War II fucking submarine wreck. And so that's where they go. They find some air because again, Nancy has no air. Like she's having to buddy breathe with Brie um, because there's no fucking air. Also there are sharks. So there's, there's just a lot happening. Um, so they, um, Nancy's like, okay, Jared Leto is going to come after us. Like he's going to come in here and he's going to like fucking shoot us with a spear gun because there are sharks around here and they're they're, like, they'll come after us at this point. Bree's like, well, we can probably stay down here for like 40 minutes without getting the bends. So there's that (coughs) because it pays to be friends with a marine biologist. So, um, Nancy takes a big, big deep breath and she's like, okay, I'm going to, okay, my plan is to sneak up behind Jared Leto when he's trying to get you and I'm going to cut his airline and get air from him because Bree's like, what the fuck? You have no air. You have no air. We have to sit together. Nancy's like, we got to split up. Bree's like, this is madness. And Nancy's like, you're correct. I mean, I've, I've been in tighter situations. She's like, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. So but it works. So Brie like goes off and, um, Jared Leto's trying to sneak up behind her. And so Nancy comes up behind him and like jerks his diving mask off and cuts his airline and then like takes a real long deep breath. Um, and then like a, a great white shark shows up as one does. And Nancy has to like get the spear gun from Dingbat and like, she, she just grazes the shark. She's like, we're besties. We're besties. I just can't be with you right now. So, um, the shark goes off, um, Nancy brings Jared Leto's, like, uh, un, because, again, she took his air, um, so they have to resuscitate his bony ass, and, um, his just terrible bony ass, and they call the cops, the cops come out, um, he's, he was behind it the whole time, um, and Nancy's surmise is that, um, Lucinda wasn't supposed to come back to the boat. She came on the boat. She saw that he had like his computer parts were out there and she knew what was going on. And so he had to kill her. 
But he also had to make it look like an accident. So that's, he, he was the one who cut the chain and he's the one who's been coming after Nancy the whole time. And I was like, this, I don't know. I just don't know. It seems really dumb for him to immediately be coming after them, but he's worried that Bree's going to reopen the investigation into her mom's death. And so that's why he gets nervous as he's like, if I kill Bree, which again, every single, Nancy was like, snakes don't ride elevators up to penthouse apartments. And I was like, I mean, they, they do get the high places. Anyway, anyway. So she's like, he's, he's drawing more attention to himself, but trying to, yeah, he, Jared Leto is not the smartest. So everything's wrapped up. Everybody's ready to go home. Um, except for I forgot to tell you that there is a point in this that Ned calls Nancy. And again, he is at Emerson working real hard on his term paper, which is half his grade. And I was like, it's January. If a teacher assigns you that at the beginning of the semester, they're a bitch. But anyway, it's fine. And he's like, Nancy, he starts the call disguising his voice. And he's like, is this the most beautiful girl in Tahiti? And Nancy's like, Ned, oh, like you are the only person who would do this. And I'm here for it. Um, so he, she tells him about the case. He's like, yes, that sounds really complicated and everything. He's like, no, I want you to watch out for yourself because you're my one and only Nancy Jr. Irreplaceable. And I love you. And she's like, I love you too, hon. And it's real cute. And he's like, if you want me out there, I can be there in 24 hours. Which, again, like, they're a significant distance away from almost. Anyway, I just thought it was super cute that he was like, I will be out there as soon as I possibly can. 24 hours. Like, just don't die. Just don't get dead. Anyway. Um, the other... Yeah, and that's pretty... Like, that is the cute thing that happens between the two of them. Other than Nancy just casually thinking about Ned when she's like, I'm in Tahiti. I'm in a very fucking romantic destination, and I wish my boyfriend were here. And I was like, exactly, on. Oh, my God. It would be perfect. Y'all need to come back for your honeymoon and for banging. Like, whenever he's like, I can be there. I was like, why are you turning down island beach banging? Why? Why would you do this? That's fine. Just to hurt me. The other thing that's hilarious is at the end of the book when everything's wrapped up and everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe that this all happened and I'm glad that we're okay. And Nancy's like, you really got to make friends with your stepmom because it's going to be real fucking weird if you don't. Like, it it already feels like it's going to be a weird relationship. And also, Bree's going to go back to college, so it's fine. But um, at the end of it, Bess calls and she's like, Nancy. Nancy's like, yeah, so you want to hear about the case? Like, there was a shark. And Bess is like, I do not want to hear about fish. I want to hear about the hot guys. And you're like, this is, that's the last line of the book. And I'm like, this is on brand for her. This, this makes total sense. So Nancy um, pretended she was an FBI agent for, in her defense, she did not mean to. But anyway, so she's like, yes, am I a French FBI agent? Maybe, maybe I am. But yeah, so she takes down this smuggling ring that, I again, I can't imagine that the computer parts would have been all that useful after they've been shoved into some ripe fruit. But also, I can't even imagine that you'd get there and then go, yes, this ripe fruit has survived this ocean voyage full of computer... You're making bad decisions, smugglers. You're just making a lot of bad decisions. Also, threatening a girl with a broken bottle. You're just making bad decisions. That's, that's what I'm sensing from you. Um... Yeah. So, Nancy has solved Natalie Wood's death. It was a bigger scandal than anyone had... It's just... It's just real fucking sad, honestly. And you're like... First off, if you had just been like... I guess... um, Jared Leto knew that Teo had found some evidence and just could not locate it? I guess. That, that would make the most sense for what happened in this damn book. But... 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I just it it just feels bad. And also, oh my god, I forgot. Um, at the very end of the book, the police captain is like, "So, um, Jared Leto is going to go away to prison for a long time. We we haven't determined it yet. We have our own prison camp, which sounds real, real bad and colonial and bad." Um, also, Rupert Murdoch got like three years for his behavior in this situation. I was like, honestly, if I were to rewrite this book, and you know that occasionally I do, um, then I would almost like make him like involved in some tabloids where he's just collecting bad stories about people. Because again, hey, that's, you know, the whole catch and kill thing. Because um, that makes some sense to me that he's a producer who like basically blackmails people into working to, for him for, I think that actually like Chrissy was supposed to work for him at, like, union rate, which Bree's like, that's, like, bare minimum. Like, basically, like, minimum wage for actors is, like, union base or something like that. So, like, it, and again, I guess, you know, if you're trying to get some dirt on a Hollywood star, it's not going to be all that hard because you got Jared Leto out there just being real weird and morphing, morphing time everywhere. So, good, good job all around. Good job. Yeah, yeah. What have we learned? That normal people don't go yachting in the middle of storms at 2 o'clock in the fucking morning unless they've done a a shit ton of coke. Just a shit ton of coke. Like, yeah, there was... I feel that there was a lot of coke happening in the background of this story, both five years ago and maybe also at the current time, but with Robin Williams just ripping that mask off and just going for it. Just a real weird situation all around. Um, also, Bill Pullman, while I love him, doesn't seem like he's worth all all these ladies just wanting to throw their panties at him. But, hey, that's fine. That's fine. No big. So, yeah, we've learned that Tahiti is a fun place to visit, but you may not want to live there with smugglers and also just colonialism. Just all the random French names and all the French people being shifty. And French flags everywhere. And Nancy knowing French and able to talk to people in French. I love that the book's like, and then she spoke some French. And I was like, I love that you are putting the bare minimum of effort into this. I love that you're like, I'm just going to rewrite how Natalie Wood died and make it make it a Nancy Drew mystery. Because it's going to involve smuggling computer chips. Oh, God. You, you got you to gotta sex it up. It's fine. Next time, um, I think we're on High Marks for Malice, which is a Nancy Nud joint, and I'm excited about that, because you know, you know I live for this shit. You know I'm here for it. I think also Nancy's rocking a real chunky sweater on the cover of this book, so she is not quite giving my 1993 Christmas Barbie whose stockings were painted on, but she ain't not as well. She's also entering her deep auburn phase, where she's not getting a lot of sunlight on that hair, so doing some hard red there. Ah, oh, yeah. So, if you meet some French people, be nervous. If one of them's wearing a beret and the other is not, just tell them that you're French FBI and just see if they panic and, and try to run or maybe threaten you with a, a broken bottle. That's what I do. That's what we all do, really. Okay, so, until next time, stay sleuthy, my friends.